Hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design. This is episode 362. And if you listened in last week, you know we have something different planned. We are going to answer 24 questions in honor of 2024. And when I say we, I mean me, Kimberly Selden, interior design professional, and the fabulous, the one, the only Cheryl Horn, who's director of operations at Business of Design. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm all fired up after the last six questions we did uh, last week, which were on clients. Clients. Yes, we focused on clients. Right. And this time we're going to focus on projects. Projects. As I said last time, the categories, they they all overlap, um, but I'm going to try and and stick with project-specific questions. Okay. A lot of them follow the BOD 15 specifically. Okay. Excellent. In terms of announcements, are we going to quickly tell everybody to come on out to KBIS on February 29th? Come see me. Yeah. So two things, two things coming up. Um, Our next BOD live is on February 21st and we are being joined by BOD business partner, uh, Portia Williams from the prototype. And we're going to be talking about talking about uh, cultivating strategic partnerships. So uh, BOD live meetings are exclusive to members, but we would love for you all to join us. So if you're not yet a member, uh, check that out, head to the website, businessofdesign.com, reach out to me with any questions you have. Okay. And then cultivating partnerships though, like, like managing your relationships with vendors and suppliers, but also like potentially doing a line of fabric, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, we're, they're going to touch on five different ones. So it will touch on um, your partners in terms of your suppliers and trades, really honing in on those relationships. They do um, gifting and client management and, and things like that. So really honing in on those uh, relationships. They do get a lot of requests for, um, yeah, if you want to do a product line, things like that. So how do you reach out and have those conversations with your partners? And who do you decide uh, what the right fits are? Okay, cool. And while you, the reason I don't know anything about that is because I'm going to be, I'm going to be on a salary. I'm going to be, I didn't ask. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be looking at some cool animals. Yeah. Very. Yes. Well, while this episode is airing, you are, you are traveling and well-deserved time away. So I'm taking things over uh, at business of design. I've had a lot of time off this year and I, I just, I feel a little guilty about it, but I will say it's because COVID, you know, COVID happened and we got all this stuff planned and now we're squeezing it all in. And so we have been away a lot. I'm going to try to be a normal person after this trip and only go away a normal amount of time, but I have been away. We do make up for it when you come back. I do, but juggling clients and kind of like, oh no, I'm here. No, I'm away. (laughs) I post very little when I'm away because I just don't want them to think all I do is go on trips, but this year kind of, you know, all I've done is gone on trips. But but they're, Projects aren't hurt or delayed or anything when you're gone. So you have a team in place and they are well taken care of. Yes, yes. In fact, I got back uh, at midnight on Thursday from a little trip with the girls and I had a client presentation 9 a.m. on Friday morning. So that's a little tight. That's a little tight even for me. But anyway, all good. Okay, so (laughs) we'll do live and then KBIS is- And then yes, KBIS. February 29th, you're speaking at 1 p.m. And uh, you're part of a panel called Lighten Up, the Humorous Side of Design. So you've had to pick and choose from a career worth of client experiences. And you're going to be sharing a few, I don't know that they're horror stories, but, um, you know, 
sort of the yeah you know, out, like, on some of the humor the that world. happens on a busy job site <laughs> I would say a couple felt like horror stories stories in the time and now you can laugh yeah. about them okay I would say yeah and I'm just going to do a shout out now because I all I want you all 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 to plan to be at business of design's 20th birthday party October 26th in high point uh just mark that on your calendar. We'll tell you more about it. But if you've never been to High Point and you want a tour of High Point that includes some sassy teaching and learning business of design principles, then we'll give you information on how you can tour the market with business of design and some of our favorite suppliers. It will be an intensive learning day and you will have front row VIP access at the party afterwards, the big 20th birthday party. There will be drinking, there will be fun, there will be shenanigans. Nobody drives at High Point. Everybody takes the shuttle. So it's great. <laughs> yes. And our, our team will all be there to celebrate. And we haven't done a like a tour of High Point, I think, since we, I mean, we go to High Point all the time, right. but we haven't done a tour, I think, since 2019. Um, which, really? I thought it was- yeah. I thought it was before that. I thought it was even no, earlier. It was 2019. There was a snowstorm and our staff and because we had to get home to kids right. and one of our, our members, we actually drove home together for 14 North hours. Carolina to Toronto. North yeah. Carolina to Toronto. So I completely remember when it was. <laughs> Wow, I didn't realize that was so close to COVID. I remember that we yeah, had the conference in January of 2020. And yes. we there hugging, you know, 100 and something people in the room. A couple months later, world shuts down. Like, a couple months later, no more hugs. Yeah. Anyway, we're past that. And I hope to see you guys at all of these live events. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. I, I am really looking forward to it. And uh, Cheryl and Janine will be there as well. So... Today, we have six more questions pertaining to projects. I'm, yes. I think we could just call them numbers one to six. At the end, everybody knows there'll be 24 in total. Or do you want to call them seven to whatever? Well, they're, they're written down as one to six. So I'm going to stick okay. with that. But our okay. next question and first of this episode, um, I'll be easy for the first one. Uh, what's your favorite part of any project? And in BOD terms, what's your favorite step in the BOD 15? I know there's some steps that you're more involved with than others um, as well, that you're not necessarily hands-on for every single step. That's why you have a team. But what's yeah. your favorite project? That's hilarious. So do I go with, for example, step six, seven, eight-ish, where I don't do anything? <laughs> Those are my favorite because I can be on, I can be in South Africa. Yeah. Kathy has that handled. Yeah, <laughs> it's all being handled. Or do I say I'm I'm kind of an introvert, which surprises people a lot. I'm I'm half introvert, half extrovert. I love big parties and you know BOD events and stuff. But after something like that, I have to go to my cave and retreat. And um, I love the moments in the project before the presentation. I love selections. I love, I love space planning. I love, 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 love the space planning elements. I feel like I'm, that's my gift. I'm, I'm, I keep fighting until we have a better layout, a better plan, something that's going to wow them. And then I love the selections. I love picking the fabric and the furniture. And then what I don't love is pricing it and all that kind of stuff. So I don't do that. So I, I do feel like at this point I have created the job I want where I do the things I like and I do very little of the things I don't like, but I have smart people who do those things better than me anyway. So I would say that 
It's funny, you know, a lot of people would say, well, isn't it obvious you must love step 11, the big client reveal, but I reveal, yeah, I feel super shy at the client reveal. I don't know why I'm always, I guess we've been working so hard during step 10. I mean, you know, we're usually exhausted. The client comes through the door and they're just so big in energy. And I'm like, ah, trying to keep up with them. Um, You'd think that would be my favorite moment, you know? But well, I don't think, yeah, you, I don't think you can isolate just the moment that the client comes through the door because of everything that happened earlier that day leading that's, that's up it. to it. You can't have one part without the other. And just as a bonus, I'll tell you my least favorite step. And that's 15. When, when I had a couple of clients this year who we did multiple projects for, we did their house, we did their condo in Florida, we did their cottage. They don't have any other work for me. They just don't. So after years and years of working with them on the same contract, it was time to say goodbye. And that is really sad. And though, because we've done so many projects together, we've become friends and they will hundred percent give me work in the future, but, uh, until they want to renovate something big, oh, oh, come on. That's so sad, but they do have children. They do have grown children who are giving us work, which is nice. So anyway, yeah. Least favorite step is 15 when it's all over. (laughs) Um, what is your newest system? Has something happened on a job site that you either revamped an existing system or introduced a new one that you just hadn't had you know, down in writing as an official system before. Oh, okay. Yes. I know this because as we are rewriting a book, uh, new books, uh, there are systems that aren't in the first books. And one of them has to do with a topic we talked about last time, which is managing the client's expectations. And it specifically involves project site checks and going through them with clients and having these very specific meetings where the client is reviewing the site with us and we are agreeing there are no more deficiencies or we are identifying one or two deficiencies which need to be attended to. So we've made that much more formal now where before I was kind of winging it. Now it's a much more structured event. So I would say step eight has quite a few changes that have made the project, the the portion where you're renovating their house and you're breaking through walls or you're painting or, you know, restaining the floors. There's more systems in that step now than I had, you know, 20 years ago, for sure. There's new systems in every step, but I would say those have been the most substantive, like really important steps. Yeah. Yeah. And did something happen that led you to hone in on, on that? Was it one project specifically where you're like, okay, this needs to be a little more streamlined. I feel like I could have a little more control. Yes, it it really was. And I'm thinking of this one client in particular, she was, she was a client who had, she was very curious. She asked a lot, a lot, a lot of questions and she would sort of follow us around during site visits with a lot of questions. And we realized she had the courage to ask them. Other clients may have felt the same way, but didn't have the courage to ask them. And so we kind of came up with this process just for her and then rolled it out to other people. So that does happen. You know, you learn, hopefully you're learning on every single job and you're fine tuning and tweaking and, you know, um, yeah, it's, I'm always a work in progress. That's for sure. And along those same lines, all the time we get, debate, I guess, from newer members or non-members um, about doing things differently than the current BOD-15 or a way in which they've altered the BOD-15. 
Um, and I know we've had conversations where um, you almost seem convinced to try something new. Is there something that you've tried on a single project or um, if it's about sharing discounts has been a big one that's mm-hmm. come up lately that you've done the math on um, that you're like, no, don't try this. Like, yeah, it sounds good in theory. Yeah. I'm going to give it a try. And now that you've done it, it's like, no, I'm sticking with my way. Yeah, I try everything. I am a trier. Um, I'm willing to try just about anything. And that's a recent one. It came up, it was a BOD boss group and they decided that they found this better way to deal with discounts. And it sounded pretty convincing. And so I said, I'm going to, I'm going to just give it a try. It, It didn't work for me as well. And it's funny because I circled back with that group. In fact, was that our first boss group or second? I'm not sure which number group it was. Um, I circled back with them and many of them have now reverted back to the other way because it just doesn't work as well. I I'll try anything. So I'm, that's why the podcast has been so great for me. Cause I get an advice, you know, advice on, you know, yeah. marketing or social media or anything. And I'm like, okay, let's try it. And you know, Cheryl, one of my problems uh, one of my assets is that I'm willing to try anything, but one of the problems is I'm willing to try anything. That, <laughs> yeah. that makes business a little crazy for you. At one point, um, Cheryl threatened to leave if I started any new companies, any more new companies. So I've been very good. I haven't because I can't lose Cheryl. She's my everything. <laughs> uh, so well, you can only uh, spread yourself so thin, right? Like you can't do everything to the best of your ability if you know you're drawn between so yeah. many things. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, is there something that I have changed? Oh, I know another one, uh, a 20%, I think it was 20% flat fee on all shipping, uh, custom oh, right. duty definitely doesn't work for us in Canada. I would say hundred percent. It will not work for you if you're in Australia or Canada. Uh, maybe it would work in the U S maybe, uh, it depends if you live in an urban center, like Los Angeles, I suspect it would work, but if you live in, yeah, I've heard a lot of members doing that where yeah. the flat great so that they can sort of let clients know in advance. Um, and that's usually what it's about managing client expectations and being able to give them a number up front yeah. versus saying it's going to be a lot. Just yeah. that's what it is. I didn't love that. It added 20% to the total presentation, to be honest. I don't love that right. part. I feel like it's hard. It's, it's already a huge number. We just did this presentation last Friday. I think I told you the client wanted to spend 300,000. The presentation was 1.2 million. So to add another 20% to that is a little bit of a tough sale. Everything went fine. The client's going to do the whole thing. That's what happens. Um, but I didn't, I don't like the idea of adding that 20% upfront. On the other hand, I can understand and appreciate that they don't want to send an invoice for every single, Every month we send multiple invoices that have to do with shipping, duty, freight, blah, 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 blah. But in Canada, we spend more than 20% at the end of the day. And I don't really want to emphasize that the first time I meet a client, that's super stressful. Well, and in part for managing client expectations, um, but also I hear it from a lot of members who primarily do flat fees. Yeah. Because they think charging that upfront fee helps them avoid those monthly invoices. But if you're doing any little task outside of scope, regardless, you're still incurring cash flow things, parking and whatever else there is, you're still, there's no way to avoid invoicing monthly. They're a lot smaller than they would be if you were billing hourly, Yeah. but there's no way to avoid those monthly invoices and make money. 
We could spend a month of podcasts talking about the fallacy of the flat fee. I love flat fees. I use flat fees, but they are in no way easier to run than hourly fee projects. No way at all. We we think they are. We 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 make some people think they are. They make up these stories like you don't have to track your hours, which is insane. You don't have to bill for this, that, and the other thing, but which is insane. Um, Choose your poison, but they both require you to do the work. Like there's just no shortcut in, in either one. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what is the most underrated step in the BOD 15? A critical point in the project that you don't necessarily think about. Like the trade day seems huge. Presentation, huge. Client reveal, huge. What is a really critical step or bigger step than you think just having initially gone through um, Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy? Steps six and seven are the overlooked steps. And it's it it has to do with, you've done the presentation, the client's gonna give you some money now. There has to be, you have to have a system for what happens next that is linear and logical and fast. Because what used to happen for us in the office is we would get money from a client. They would say, yeah, okay, we're gonna do it. We get money. And we'd be so busy on other projects. I would find out a month later that half the stuff for the house hadn't been ordered. And I'm like, what? The timelines are so long already. How could you add a month by not ordering stuff? And they're like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do this or you want me to do that? And so now it's like, uh uh-uh, we block a day after the presentation, after we have that money for writing up all the purchase orders, sending them out, getting verifications, receiving the timelines, and we're beginning to develop that installation calendar. That obviously can't happen in one day, but all the po- all the purchase orders do go out in a single day. It doesn't matter if there's hundreds of them because we've already done the hard work of writing it all up. Mm-hmm. So that's not the hardest part. The hardest part is following up every single one of those purchase orders and making sure it was received making sure that they know exactly what you're ordering and making sure that they are going to give you a, a, a delivery date or a buy when date. Because what happened to us so many times in the past is we'd send up the purchase order. The supplier never got back to us. And three months later, we're like, Hey, where's the, you know, fill in the blank. Where's the chair? Where's the hardware? I don't have any, I don't know what you're talking about. I sent you a purchase order. Here it is. So what? So what that I can prove I sent them a purchase order. It hasn't been ordered. You know, sometimes that was the supplier's way of, you know, you, you got pushed to the side while they took care of somebody else, you know, so you just want to eliminate those options. Um, So I'd say six and seven are, are two of the steps that people don't pay enough attention to until Mm -hmm. they're in trouble and then they go back. And by the way, I would say 85% of my coaching calls involve an amazing, talented interior design professional who's doing part of the BOD 15 and has modified something and has found themselves in a hole. And so 85% of my coaching is like, here's where you, this is where you missed. This is the step you missed. And if you can get this right, you'll never have this problem again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it also goes back to the, you know, what we talked about in last week's episode with the weekly client emails, you, especially in the weeks that follow them writing you a check, those better be meaty emails with big tasks that were accomplished that week. You know, it's, 
Yeah, imagine the email. They're aware of it. We've ordered 100% of everything you need for your house. Imagine that email because if a client needs to decorate her kid's bedroom on her own, she's running to this store and that store yeah. and he has to exchange this sheet for that yeah, sheet. She's the right thing. And, yeah. la, la, la. and we say 100% of everything you want for your house has been ordered. And yeah. here's what's going to happen next. Like, wow, that's impressive. I would, I would want to work with that company. Yeah. yeah. Well, and immediately after you're collecting the retainer, you start planning for trade day. And yeah. that's a very impressive day with all of those trades on site in a single day. Yeah. And the invoices are, you know, sort of your biggest monthly billable hours during that step four when the client's not in touch. So again, they're paying large bills. You want to make sure that they're seeing progress and really getting details of all of those steps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And one thing I, I will say just to build on that, because it's a conversation I have a lot um, with new designers looking to join um, business of design. And in terms of taking the BOD 15 upfront all at once, it's a 20 hour program. It takes time to get through even in a month, that would be a lot, but it's great to sort of have that initial overview so that you know, what's coming up when you get busy on a project, it's hard to look ahead to those steps, but you want to be prepared to walk the client through exactly what that process is from the beginning. You know, those steps are right in your contract. You need to understand them. And then when I get asked, how long does it take to really do the, the BOD 15? My question is always, how long is your average project? Yeah, That's the timeline, whatever that length of time is, that's how long it takes you to actually implement because you can't implement if you're not yeah. doing, if you're not if at you're not that step ready in to a, do a trade day, You can't do a trade day. Yeah. Uh, and the, the other thing, my my latest tattoo I want to get on my body is insight is cheap. People watch the BOD 15. They binge watch the 20 hours. And yeah. They go, oh, it's amazing. But then they don't. Yeah. Have, so insight's yeah. cheap. It's great to know that there's a better way. But until you're doing yeah. it in a real project with real people, it's not yeah. going to become part of your, your uh, persona, your new persona as this business person who has this all confidence. Yeah. So, yeah, good point. Good point. Well, and I think if, you know, design business is the 80% business, 20% creative, we sort of have a, a learning model that's in line with that, where it's 20% learning the time you're actually sitting down watching videos and yeah. it's 20 or 80% implementing. So if a program's 20 hours, and I mean, all content is probably over 50, you know, there's an 80% left where it's the implementing that's, that's where the time goes. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Um, and we're already, that was already four questions. What's this the most, four, or this is five. Um, oh, no, I skipped one before. We're not doing them in the order. I have them written, but um, my next question, what's the most common question you get about the BOD 15? I think you sort of already touched on this with, um, you, you know, when you do coaching, what, what comes up, but we're going to go to that one next. Well, I guess the most common question is, will this work for me? You know, we, you know, yeah. I live in a small town and so it's not the same as you live in two big cities, Toronto and Los Angeles. I'm like, yeah, it's the same. I live in Australia. So it's not the same. Yeah, it's the same. I only work with clients who are blah, blah, blah. So it's not the same. Yes, yeah. it's the same. It's I do decorating. I don't do full builds or renovations or, or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. We're always looking for ways to feel unique or be unique. And the fact is we're just not, I literally 25 years ago when I was working with a business coach and really 
really failing miserably at projects and and client retention and all staff retention everything i i really thought it was only me i thought what what is wrong with me why can't i get this right everybody else seems to be doing so well and yeah. then when i started sharing uh in you know uh 2004 i guess sorry that's my phone ringing ignore it i don't I've never even heard that ring that's so weird um in 2004 when i started sharing it and people would say, oh, me too. I'd say, oh, you too. So originally I was just sharing it like in Toronto with designers. And then I went to Vancouver yeah. and I'm like, oh, they also have these same problems in Vancouver. That's amazing. Two problems. Somebody had to go first. Right. And then I went and I did a gig in, in New York. Oh my gosh, they have the same problem in New York. And then, as you know, we have, you know, we have um, new members from Malaysia, from Where's the most exotic places, would you say? We had um, Nigeria. We've had yeah. multiple members from my Nigeria. Over, yeah. We've had Germany, um, Ireland, France, like just yeah. international. Yeah. Just it's all I, the same. Places I just didn't even, never on my radar that they might have the same issues. The bottom line is it's all the same. We all have the same exact issues. It doesn't really matter where you live or what size your projects are or um, what color your hair is. <laughs> like just nothing matters. It's all the same. So I'd say that's the number one question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even um, with members sharing differences between each of their projects, right? Uh, some are commercial, some are residential, some are just decorating, some are full build. Mm -hmm. And it really is sort of a one size yep. fits so all because the the way you run your projects is the same regardless of the fact that the end result is visually different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did review. I didn't skip a question. We are on track and we are at number six for today. Uh, so number 12 overall in our series. Um, but for years now, we've heard you talk about the mistakes and experiences that led to you developing the BOD 15. But now that you've been using the BOD 15, and I know it keeps getting tweaked, but the BOD 15 has been in place for quite some time now. Yeah. So how is your business different? Sort of an overview of the, you know, we say it transforms your business and your life. So what are you able to, you know, looking back at all those benefits that people strive for when they first look at or their reasons for doing this because they wanted to have evenings and weekends off and you know not chase clients for money and the BOD 15 handled all of those issues so what do things look like for you now I would say now I have the business I dreamed I would have in 1991 when I graduated from design school I dreamed of a business where I would have flexibility where I could go on vacation when I wanted to, where I'd have enough money to do what I wanted to do, uh, where I feel confident, where clients liked me and hired me again and again and again, where I'd get published. Uh, I, I just assumed in 1991 when I went on my own that those things would happen. If I worked happened, hard, yeah. those things would happen. But 10 years in, I really understood that you couldn't work hard enough to make those things happen if you didn't also have the systems that I have now. I, I, I could really see like, I was willing to work harder than anybody and sacrifice anything 
but it wasn't working. And so I would say it's really satisfying. And I used to feel really uncomfortable saying stuff like that because I thought people would go like, oh, bully for you, you know, aren't you lucky? Uh, but the truth is today I, I worked hard for that. And I'm not special. I, you know, we just talked about this idea that we're unique. We're not unique. I'm not special and unique in any way. I'm not the best designer there ever was. I'm not the smartest designer there ever was, but I'm a person who knows that I needed a system to run my business and I need an operations manual that explains how to run the systems so that other people could do the work and you'll have everything you want but you first have to do that. You can't, there's no shortcut. You know, there's just no shortcut. You have to implement and you have to, you have to do the scary thing. You know, the scary thing of like saying, no, I'm sorry, the retainer's non-negotiable. No, I'm sorry, my hourly rates are going to be this. Like you have to do all those, those millions of scary things that get easier and easier over time. So I would and say- And it's not going to happen overnight. Making no. those changes happen one at a time over time. But I will say as I began to make changes and they worked, that gave me the motivation and the courage to make other changes. So some changes happen really quickly. You don't have to struggle. You really don't. You don't have to struggle for years. You have to trust me. And I feel like I've put enough, got enough skin in the game that people trust me. Um, you know, I'm not somebody who opened up my coaching because my interior design business failed. I'm not someone who decided to be a coach because being an interior designer is too hard. So yeah. I have literally have clients write this very minute uh, projects, uh, multiple projects on the go. And some of them are kind of stressful uh, in particular ways, but all of them run in a linear logical fashion. And I just keep going back to the rules I know and the systems I know and the boundaries I know, and just doing what's written there, even when it's hard and it works out just fine. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe it's been 20 years. I know. And I've been, by the time we hit 20 years, I will have been part of 17 of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember life without you. I must say, I don't know how to manage those first few years. Like what, what kind of madness was going on? Uh, well, the 20 years have not all looked like this year, you know, this year I'm like, I'm, I got it going on. I do in the last five years or so, like I'm, I'm living, I'm living the dream, but the first five, they didn't look like this. They were a little bit more chaotic as we were building systems and learning and all that kind of stuff. But they, every year gets better. Every year gets better. And of course, like I always say this, like uh, you have a huge advantage. Just do my systems. Just try them. Try them exactly mm -hmm. as they're written. Don't try to reinvent the wheel and don't, don't fall mm -hmm. into the I'm special trap because that will really slow you down. Just surrender, Dorothy. <laughs> Just surrender and get them done. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Okay. So those were 12 questions, two episodes in a row done. tackling 24 questions for 2024. Cheryl, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks okay. so much. I'm looking forward to numbers 13 through 18, if I have the math right. So coming up in the next two episodes, we're going to tackle six questions on business and mm -hmm. then six on your team or your staff. All right, let's do this. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.